0: Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett.
1: And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, Top News from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day.
0: If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Tuesday, November 22nd. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download Podcast, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. This week, online sports betting in Maryland is fully legal, meaning you'll be able to bet on games, teams, and players just from your phone. It's an about-face from the state that just two years ago banned all sports gambling it
2: went from being something that they they viewed very warily and 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 were not interested in
0: but now everybody has pretty much embraced it that's WTOP's John Doman he's been covering this issue since the get-go and joins us as Maryland takes its last step in legalizing the controversial practice see starting Wednesday Marylanders can bet on games anywhere in the state just from their phones
2: now, there's a lot of places offering all sorts of estimates as to how much money is going to be wagered yeah. and how much profit is going to happen. They're saying 25 to $30 million mm.
0: once everything gets rolling. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. Megan Clarity is off today.
1: Are we there yet? Almost. Because DraftKings Sportsbook is right around the corner, Maryland. We've
0: all seen them and we've all heard them. A tsunami of sports betting ads and sponsorships have crashed onto TVs, radios, phones, and personalities. Sports betting is so ubiquitous, it's really hard to believe that just four years ago, it was illegal across the country. Not okay to do. That all changed in 2018 when the Supreme Court opened the doors to sports betting, ruling that the federal government couldn't ban gambling on athletics. This really punted the issue of sports betting to the states. WTOP's John Doman has been reporting over the years on how Maryland has dealt with sports betting since the Supreme Court ruling. John is here to help us explain why this week is really the end of a long journey and really campaign to fully legalize sports betting for better or for worse. John, thanks for being here. You got it. So take us back to before sports betting was legal. What was it like? How did you do it if you wanted to do it? And what was the field like? So you had two options. You could go to Vegas, where it's always been legal. Right.
2: Or you could just go to any one of a number of neighborhood bars around the area. <laughs> and you talk to a guy. Maybe you know him. And if you didn't know him, chances are one of your buddies know him. Right. And you would have to, you know... A bookie. Work with, yeah, exactly. You work with some cash or, you know, maybe if you if, if you get in good enough with them, you get to roll a line of credit or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, your options were either very unsafe or pretty expensive in terms of going to Vegas. Right. Up until New
0: Jersey challenged the law yeah. and, and and won in the Supreme Court. So when that happened, when that ban kind of fell, what did Maryland initially do? Was there Were people kind of ready to change law? Was there appetite?
2: Well, I mean, certainly there were some who were ready to go. Over the years, Maryland sort of been incrementally going from slots
0: to right. casino
2: gaming and that sort of thing. And then, you know, they had to put sports betting on the uh, referendum in 2020. But even then, they didn't really have a plan at that point because mm. there were sort of competing factions in the legislature as to what sports betting should look like. Right. There was fallout from the whole uh, medical marijuana legalization and the fact that a lot of minority-owned businesses were shut out of those licenses. So there was a very concerted effort in the General Assembly of Maryland to make sure that it wouldn't happen with sports betting, mm. which, look, these are two different – totally different animals in in terms of business and that sort of thing. Right. And they had to work through those complications and and, and those struggles and stuff. And and, and gradually, we've sort of gotten to where we are now.
0: Right. And so backing up just a little bit, what were the main arguments for and against allowing sports betting?
2: Well, the the arguments for it were that it would be an increase in tax revenue, that it's Mm. happening anyway. Why would the state not want to get a cut of that? Um, when when, when it's so rampant and, and look, there's estimates going all over the place as to how much activity was really happening under the table. Was it in the millions? Was it in the billions? I mean, I mean, a lot of it again was just pretty much a speculation and a guess yeah. at that point. But the arguments for that, look, this is money that the state can get a cut of it. You can put it in uh, in the state's coffers. In Maryland's case, it's going to education. You have all that. Um, the arguments against it, well. I mean, it's a it's a vice. There, there. Are, <laughs> look at the Bible, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I mean, to an extent, yeah. It's yeah. just you know the the same the same arguments in a lot of cases that people make against alcohol, marijuana, right. other drugs was sort of the same thing here. It's that there are certainly negative connotations in some circles to it. The idea that you're just sort of willing to let anything go, whether it's good or bad or detrimental to society, what have you. Mm. And look, there are varying opinions on all of that. Whether it's actually detrimental to society, good, bad, whatever else. Right. But in the end, it, it won out, and it, and it passed pretty handily at, at a statewide referendum, too.
0: So for the law that passed, what did that law actually look like, and what was allowed once it was passed?
2: So there is a, a concerted effort to get more minority participation, and in, in Maryland has allowed far and away more licenses uh, available than pretty much any other state It's not quite limitless, but it may as well be, Mm. truth be told, that that's how many of them are are potentially out there. Um, And and so theoretically, that means there are mom and shop pops out there that could get involved. Your neighborhood sports bar could set up its own kiosks if it goes through all the licensing requirements and stuff. But that's expensive, too. I mean, it sounds on paper, hey, let the little guy get a chance to compete, but I mean, there's also a reason you don't see more than a handful of companies out there uh, advertising as much as they do and sort of making it as much as they do. Because all the regulations and the security and and, and just all the steps that you have to take behind the scenes Mm. is a lot. I talked about that probably a few years ago now at uh, Grand Central and Adams Morgan, which is, I think, the only non-affiliated, or at least up until recently— the only non-casino or sportsbook-affiliated venture in the area right. that had its own physical sportsbook. And the amount of money you have to invest to do that for something where, in the end, you're only looking at maybe like a 5% profit off mm. of all the money that gets wagered. Wow. Which, you know, if, if you're a, a FanDuel or a DraftKings... MGM. Yes. Obviously, you're going to have a lot more money coming through. Yeah. 5% of that is going to be a lot. But if you're counting on a couple hundred people to come in and, mm. and, and a fraction of those making some bets and, and you're only getting one to five, maybe 10% on a good day. Right. I mean, that's that's not a lot of money to cover all the expenses in terms of the security cameras. Yeah. Um, just all the, the basic security upgrades, making sure that the uh, the betting window is, is sealed off and uh, not vulnerable to stuff, that, that people aren't cheating or, or you don't have 17-year-olds. Like So much goes into it that right. – it's not as easy to give the little guy a, a slice of the pie as maybe some people thought, but Maryland has gone out of its way to make it at, at least as reasonably possible to make mm. that happen. And and you have seen some smaller businesses around the state, places that, you know, are not comparable to an MGM or right. a Caesars or whatever. They are getting involved and, and and they are trying to get at least, you know, on site with their own kiosks
0: and that sort of thing. Right. Now, you talked about on-site kiosks and retail sports betting. So, we know in December 2021 is when you know sports betting was legalized for like physical locations. And what makes this Wednesday so important is online betting starts to be allowed. So, what's the difference between the two? Obviously, one's online, one's physical, but what's the important distinction?
2: Well, I, I think if you're interested in the money aspect, the mobile is where the money's at. Mm. Um, They'll try to tell you differently in D.C. because of all the problems they've had with it, but all over the country, even in Las Vegas, which is the you know where all this started, 90% of all sports wagers made in Las Vegas are done over a mobile phone. Really? And online. I mean, that's far and away the preferred way for people to go about it. Wow. It presents more opportunities and options. You know, live betting on games is a thing now where, you know, you tune in in the second quarter, the third quarter or something, and... You know, you might throw a few bucks on an outcome or something like that in the middle. of. There's just, it's just an easier thing. You, you can kind of, you're not being rushed. There's just people find the convenience of it. Yeah. Um. In Virginia, you can, you know, you sit on your couch. You don't have to leave your living room to do it if you don't want to. Right. In Maryland, like you said, it's all been retail and casino, which means pretty much cash only, either at the kiosks or, or at a betting window and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. D.C., most of the wagers happen that way uh, just because of the, the issues they've had with their mobile setup since they launched a few years ago. But, look, the reality is nationwide, everywhere except D.C., most everybody wants to do it over the mobile phone. Yeah. And this is when the state of Maryland really expects the tax revenue to really start to kick in. Mm. They have certainly seen some revenue since it went live last year. Um, but But I think even this year, the fact that it's supposed to launch this Wednesday, you know the the prime betting months so to speak are pretty much September through the end of March madness. Right. Um, you have football, college basketball, and after that happens it sort of dries out. Mm. You know, people some people will bet on baseball. Right. You might get uh, some soccer action, some international sports, but it, it, not it's not the marquee big events. Yeah, it's not yeah. nearly as much. So Maryland's getting into the game very late on the mobile stuff, but down the line they expect this to net $25, $30 million a year, just because mobile will make it so much more convenient for people and
0: draw more interest and, and be easier to use. It's just going to be so easy. I mean, I pull up my phone. I can do it right right wherever, really. So where is this money going to go? In Maryland,
2: by law, it has to go directly to the blueprint for education, basically the Education Trust Fund. Wow. Um, that was part of a law that Maryland voters also ratified a few years ago um, and, and the way this is, like, there's always been suspicion, and, and for a while it was that, you know, you knew this casino money was coming in. You could take money from the general fund that was earmarked for education, and move it someplace else to cover this spending problem that you have because you have this casino money coming in. But now, like, the the law is very specific in saying that whatever you had before from the general fund, mm. this is on top of that. So oh, okay. you, you can't move money around and still technically abide by the law. This is
0: all just bonus money going to public schools in Maryland now. And so, you know, this law is fairly new, fairly fresh. The first retail sports betting locations in Maryland started December 2021, as I mentioned. Have we seen any ramifications of it? You know, sports betting used to be outlawed in part because, hey, we want to protect sports. You know, have we seen anything, any consequences of sports betting, for lack of a better word? I mean, you've seen an embrace by sports leagues right um you know every every
2: professional major professional sports league has their own uh you know certified sports book that they're partnered right. up with the University of Maryland has its own official sports book wow. online um you know the, the, it's it went from being something that they they viewed very warily and, and and were not interested in uh even though like you know the popularity of football in a lot of cases in to some degree is because of sports betting. It's such yeah. a um, sport that's conducive right. for, for wagering in the ways that so other sports... chances. Right. In, in ways that other sports don't have the same mm. sort of appeal. Um, but now everybody has pretty much embraced it and kind of realized that if, if they can't stop it, they may as well try to make a buck off of it too. And, and a lot of them are trying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for those who kind of were pushing back against this legalization... Have any of their arguments, you know, those vice-ridden, bad addiction things? Have have we seen anything in that realm? Have have like addictions gone up? Like, has anything bad happened because of it? Basically,
2: I mean, I'm I'm sure. I don't have the data on me, but I'm sure you've seen more more people who are who are having issues, who are doing things, you know, not being responsible with with their money and, and that sort of thing. But again, that's like you can't. I guess you can't minimize that, but at the same time, it's also one of those things where. That's, you know, a, a personal responsibility thing, too.
0: Right. Um, right. I think of prohibition and alcohol, right? You can go really bad with alcohol, but you, you can also go okay with it, too. Right. Yeah.
2: Most people handle their alcohol well and, and do so responsibly. And I think most people do that when it comes to, to wagering and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, are you going to have outliers? I'm, I'm sure you will. Right. And it's, you know, it's not a good thing. Yeah. But it's, it also doesn't happen nearly as often as, as some people might worry about, I guess.
0: It's definitely a start of a new era, you know. Um, I think in sports, in betting, you've been covering it for kind of quite a while. Any, any final thoughts that are just kind of lingering with you as we will be able to, starting Wednesday, bet on our phones on sports?
2: So I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year or so, D.C. changes its mobile betting law. Mm. It's been a very unpopular um, rollout in the district in terms of mobile betting. The D.C. lottery pretty much gave all their uh, – a, a monopoly – Say for uh, within a couple blocks of, of of a couple of sports books like oh, a wow. uh, Capital One area, it all falls onto one particular company that has. I mean, they went out on Super Bowl Sunday last year. Like it, you know, the, the whole like it crashed. The whole app, the whole app crashed. That's so not it's, good. It's, it's it's been not nearly as profitable as DC thought it would be, uh, even though they had much of a, a significant head start on Maryland and on on Virginia. Mm. And, and now that the fact that in Virginia and in Maryland. All those commuters they were counting on to just casually throw 20 bucks on a game or, or whatever, You know, for one, they haven't really come back to the city, and for two, they're not willing to do that in the city when they can do it from their own houses and get better odds with better companies and have more choices than what they're offered in, in D.C. right now. I think that is going to change over time. I don't know when it's going to change. Uh, there is a, a push right now to do so, but the D.C. council member kind of really behind that one, is also leaving office in another few weeks. So I think that's one thing that you will start to see a change to. Um, It's a matter of when, not if, there. Um, Virginia is pretty much all mobile and has been for the last, uh, what, almost two years now, Mm. and they seem to have been very successful. I think 97% or even more of that money, they all go straight into Virginia's general fund, and they haven't had too many problems, at least publicized problems, they're starting to roll out casino gaming ventures, uh, in house stuff there. But for the most part, Virginia used to embrace the uh, online only mm. sports betting. And that seems to have worked for them. I think what you're going to see with Maryland is you know, there's a lot of places offering all sorts of estimates as to how much money is going to be wagered yeah. and how much profit is going to happen. I mean, in the end, like, you know, the Maryland lottery's own estimates have tended to be on the more conservative side compared to some. Uh, betting industry publications—they're saying 25 to 30 million mm. once everything gets rolling. And I mean, that's—you know—in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge amount of money budgeted, but it's not insignificant either.
0: Yeah, definitely not.
2: And so when you count on top of all these other different revenue streams,
0: that's a new one to add to the list. Yeah, and and I think you'll start to see that uh, over the years to come. Mm. Well, John, a lot of changes happening in the realm of sports betting. You've been covering it all. Thank you for kind of keeping us updated throughout the years and ushering us into this new realm of online sports betting in Maryland. Get the turkey in the oven first before you make your bets, Luke. (laughs) Sounds good, John. And ahead of us after the break, we'll talk about our favorite Thanksgiving items on the table. What are yours? You'll hear ours.
1: Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602. Changing lives.
2: Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms.
0: And before we go, Drew Friedman is in the house in the DMV Download Podcast Studio. Hello.
1: Hi, how is it going?
0: Drew is a Federal News Network workforce reporter. That's right. Did I get that right? You did. A mouthful, yeah. but here we are. Speaking of mouthfuls, Thanksgiving is coming up. And, um, you know, we all have our favorites. But, Drew, I've been wanting to ask, what is your favorite meal on the Thanksgiving table?
1: So, you know, I think I have to go with stuffing. Uh I think it's it's just like the best side to me. It gives a lot of flavor. Uh-huh. I think turkey kind of is overrated in Ooh, my opinion. All right. Um the stuffing just has, has more flavor, has uh, better consistency and the turkey often if not cooked, right it can come off dry. So that,
0: that's true. Yeah. It also makes you really sleepy. I think my favorite is also stuffing, which is, you know, we're we're doing the same thing. But there are a lot of different types of stuffing. You know, there's like rice-based stuffing. There's breaded-based stuffing. I think there's even chickpea-based stuffing. A lot of starches you can – I think potatoes too. Yeah, all starches. What is your – we're going to do a deep dive on stuffing here. What is your favorite type of stuffing? You like bread, rice, potato, chickpea?
1: So those are all really interesting. I I can't say I've – had any of them except for just the bread like the okay. traditional but i think so bread as is. long as it's baked inside the turkey that's where all the flavor comes from so that's what's important mm. and i mean another question that i think comes up a lot is what kind of pie is your favorite pumpkin true apple pecan pie i mean there's kind of a debate but my favorite personally would be pumpkin of those
0: really yeah that's my least favorite really what do you like about <laughs> pumpkin pie
1: it's just like very quintessential fall to me. it's true you know just a good like cozy flavor and you know apple pie is great as well. They're all really good, but pumpkin pie just feels the most Thanksgiving to me.
0: mm wow so downing apple pie and turkey wow this is this is you're taking <laughs> off the big hitters. I think my favorite pie is pecan pie, pecan pie, pecan pie. I'm not sure how you say it, but I love just the sweet those ones are so sweet. I've kind of a big they sweet are. tooth so' they it's, are. that's that's really good. That's really good. Wow well all right. Stuffing is on your plate. Pumpkin pie is on your plate. Do you have any turkey? Like, do you have any turkey at all?
1: I'll have a little bit. a, couple, oh, just a little bit. Yeah. A
0: couple bites, maybe He's some cranberry cur- sauce. He's a lot
1: of gravy on there.
0: Yeah, okay. true. A lot of gravy. You. Well, Drew, have a happy Thanksgiving, and I think that does it for us today on the DMV Download. We're sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. Megan and I would be very thankful if you did that. We'd love to see and hear what viewers think, listeners think. You can also find us on social media. Where we're posting content all the time and dmvdownload.com. This podcast, of course, is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 1077 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and, of course, on the WTOP News app. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'm off tomorrow, so I'll see you next Monday. Enjoy the holiday.